Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. That was... That was Emily Benjamin. She joining Shope and the Bulldog yesterday. Ryan Gates, Matthew Collar joining you here on Sports Talk Saturday. We got Nate Geary in studio and... It's a nice Saturday afternoon development camp scrimmage coming up at 1 p.m. We'll have Paul Hamilton joining us at 11.30 to preview that. But getting started here, lots of stuff going on in the world of Buffalo sports, as always. Really, Ryan, because I feel like there's only one thing going on, and that's been Jimmy Vesey. Jimmy Vesey (laughs) has been going on, and it's dominated the conversation for the past week. You know, as well as anyone working on Hockey Hotline with those guys, they have been hammering away at Jimmy VC all week. And you thought, what's your thoughts on Jimmy VC? Let's uh, get those out in the open real quick. My thoughts is when they went to Boston to meet up with him, that they should have had Dan Bilesma and Tim Murray driving like a Honda or something. And then the other guy, Jerry Fortin, who went with them, he used to coach with Harvard. Should have had him in a Lamborghini and pulled it up with Jimmy Vesey's face on the side and got out and handed him the keys and said, if you want to just drive this around a little and see what you think, then maybe we could talk a little more after you're done with that. No, I I think that I am just like everybody else. I'm waiting to see if he wants to play here. It is certainly not the end of the world if he doesn't. I think there are a couple of players out on the market who are not signing right away that could replace another position, or even if he doesn't sign and they don't replace that position, that the Kyle Oposo signing is the biggest thing that happened and the team is pretty well set for where they want to go. Uh, We just have to sit here and wait. And there are a bunch of different elements to whether he signs or not, right? Does he want Buffalo? Does he want bigger stage, brighter lights? Does he want a top center that's going to set him up to score a bunch of goals? Does he? What, what does the kid want? I don't know. I have no idea. I'm not him. It could be a bunch of different things. But if he doesn't decide to sign, it, this is not end-of-the-world territory because of Kyle Oposo. If Kyle Oposo had signed with somebody else... And then the Sabres offseason was just getting Dmitry Kulikov for Mark Pesic. I think a lot of us would have been pretty disappointed. But I think it's cherry on top if he decides to sign with the Sabres. We'll be waiting until August 15th. It seems that that's where we're heading. It doesn't seem like their camp has any rush to get to August 15th, which if you're in their camp, makes absolute sense. You've already gone through this process with another team where you're telling them, hey, we're going to free agency, and even though your rights get traded to another team, that might have thrown a wrench in their plans, honestly, which was they kind of thought probably, you know, it'll be a quiet summer. We already told Nashville no, and we can just go on. We'll take a look at every roster that we're interested up and down the NHL. It seems that he has a lot of interest in either 
staying around Boston is a lot of the words. So you got to think that he's taking a look at teams like New York, obviously Boston, Toronto has been said a million times because of his father and his brother being there in that organization. The Sabres, uh, they're a little further away from Boston, but you know, it's not a bad plane ride. Terry Bagula's got the Jets. He could probably hook you up every once in a while if you want to get back to Boston. And even Montreal isn't that far away, but there hasn't been any rumblings about Montreal, which is kind of surprising. They they seem to be usually in on everything. But with Jimmy Vesey, it's an interesting position because this is something that doesn't happen so often. And my thoughts about it is... If your organization's across the NHL, there's only really one time that I can honestly think, remember this happening, and that's the Justin Schultz situation, which was, what, five years ago or so now? There have been a few. Uh, Kevin Hayes would be another one. Uh, Mike Riley, who plays for Minnesota now, made his debut last year. He was another guy that decided not to sign. I forget what his draft status was, but it was the same thing. He had been drafted, stayed in college the entire time, became a free agent. We weren't really involved in that, so I think we didn't learn his name as much as maybe people in other markets did. If I'm Jimmy Vesey, I don't see any reason to sign right now unless I always wanted to go to Buffalo. Right. And all I want is just confirmation on the things that I already think about Buffalo. Someone called yesterday and said... You know, why hasn't he signed by now? If he wanted Buffalo, he would have signed by now. And the response is, he just met the general manager and the coach like two days ago. If you're him and you've got this inkling in your mind, well, you know, I've been playing this summer league with Jack Eichel and, hmm, turns out he's pretty good. I like playing with him. There's a good chance that I would be playing with him. But if you're, I mean, Jack Eichel can't make promises about who you're going to play with, how much ice time you're going to have. Are you going to get the things that you wanted for the reasons that you did this, which were to decide the situation that you want? And only the general manager and the coach can tell you that, which to me puts Dan Bilesma in a really tough situation because in a way you want to say, I'll give you the world, whatever you want, just come here, just sign. Here's uh, some money out of my wallet. But you can't do that if you're Dan Bilesma. You have to say, look, yeah, you can earn a top six spot just like anybody else. You can play with Jack Eichel if you fit with Jack Eichel. I can't just put you there because you decided to do this and you might come to our team. How does that look to everybody else? How does that look to Ryan O'Reilly if you just get to come here because you were guaranteed a spot playing with Jack Eichel? Although I do know that it happens from time to time. This was the situation with Kevin Hayes where... Hayes was told, the reason he signed with the Rangers, in part, that he was going to play center. He played center for a little while, and they said, eh, that doesn't really fit that well. And then he played wing. And like, well, you're under contract, what are you going to do now? And, and I'm not saying you lie to the kid, but if it doesn't fit, then it doesn't fit. So if you're Dan Bilesman, that's what you have to say. So it's hard to know what's in his mind, whether he has already decided, yes, Buffalo is the place I want to be, I just need some things, some check. Uh, some boxes checked off if that's what I need or if it's in his head all right well you gave your presentation now we wait till August 15th and I'll see all the other ones because if Buffalo is not far and ahead the leading candidate or even if they're just even or a little ahead 
Why wouldn't you want to hear what everybody else has to say? Why wouldn't you want to hear what the Rangers have to say? Well, would it be possible for the Sabres, I'm not sure with what the rules technically are, could they have made their pitch? And if they feel that it's still going to go to August 15th, would, would it be allowed for them to go be like, you can go chat with other teams before August 15th, go take whatever your list of team is that you want to go talk to, Toronto, Boston, the Rangers, go talk to those teams, go see what they have to offer, come back to us before the August 15th deadline and tell us what they're telling you. If you're interested in one of those teams, you're not going to sign with us. We'll try to do something to facilitate you to those teams. It makes your management look good. It makes not necessarily the original move look good maybe, but you're getting maybe something back in return, not an equal value thing. Is that something that would be allowed to happen, or is that is that against the rules? I don't know if that's possible. I tend to lean toward that wouldn't be because yeah. it would be tampering toward other teams. Right. I, I've, I've heard this come up more than a few times. I don't understand why you would give any other team any options with that. Like, if you're trying to expedite the process, yeah, you might be doing that, but you're also giving other people – part of your time that you bought. That's true. I, I, right. I bought a month and a half for a third round pick. And now I'm going to let you share my month and a half. Like, no, I, that's for me. And if he decides that he doesn't want to show up here and doesn't want to sign with Buffalo, then okay. But you put a lot of pressure on him in that month and a half to sign with the Sabres. And by the way, his agent, when Howard Simon here of WGR emailed his agent asking for any statement about the meeting, he said the first meeting went pretty well, which indicates to me that there are going to be more meetings. And the which Pro- makes sense. Right. And the Providence Journal said it was two hours. Well, is two hours enough to hash out everything that you might want to answer every question? I don't know that it is. So it's pretty clear that Tim Murray, Dan Bilesma, maybe other people end up meeting with Jimmy VZ. I'll tell you what I would like to see is something similar to the Kevin Durant pitch from the Warriors. The Warriors got together and went full bore with the teammates element of it. You're going to be joining a family. Come here, Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. Draymond Green was apparently working on him all year with this. Apparently on the court, he was saying, you know, it's pretty great over here. We got a good thing going. You should come here. I think what they need next is Brian Gianta, Ryan O'Reilly, Kyle Oposo. Oposo said that he would tell VZ what a great place it is, the trajectory of the team. Well, tell him. I mean, you can. It, it, not tampering at this point. And Kyle Oposo just signed a huge deal to stay here for a really long time. He'd be the best pitch man that you have. It's kind of like this. If you listen to an album, I know you're a music guy. Yes. You listen to an album mm-hmm. and you tell me, you got to hear this you got to hear this. Or I hear a commercial for it on the radio. Which one do I believe? Tim Murray is pitching the commercial on the radio for the album. I might just tune it out, or I might not take it as seriously. If somebody who is a music person who has no other reason to tell me other than just, hey, I just did it. I just decided to buy this album, and it worked out great, or I'm really happy with it. I think that carries a lot more weight than it does if it's just the pitch man. Tim Murray's the pitch man. He's the commercial. And in this case, Oposo is the one who's bought the product already. I think you trust that person more. So I think the players need to be involved here if they feel like they're not confident uh, that he's buying into what they're saying. 
803-0550-188-552-550 if you want to get your calls in. We'll uh, head out to Tony here in Buffalo once I get this mouse working. <laughs> hey, Tony, what's going on, man? You're on WGR. Hey, what's up, fellas? Quick question. And the uh, producer kind of uh, told me the answer, but maybe we can just discuss it a little bit. Um, I know it puts the cart before the horse a little bit, but if I'm one of uh, VC's representatives, I want to know what things are looking like you know, when the second contract comes up. And you're sitting here with all kinds of high draft picks already that are going to become RFAs at the same time. Um, you know, perhaps if you've got uh, general manager in front of you or whatever, how's that going to look in a few years? And how would the Sabres answer that when someone from VG's camp says, how are you going to pay the three of us? Like, well, no, it's, it's, it's a really good question, Tony. And the thing is that you're right, Jack Eichel and Sam Reinhart, they all – come up to be restricted free agents in 2018 and 2019. And I, I think your answer to that would be, you know, people get paid when they play with really good players. That would be my answer. And that we are going to keep our really good players. I imagine that a Rasmus Ristolainen contract is coming up soon. And if Jack Eichel by then is a point-per-game player, if you look at what Mark Scheifele just earned, over $6 million, what Nathan McKinnon, a former number one overall draft pick, $6.3 million on a huge, long contract extension, the Sabres will be thinking the same thing when we get there. Which, you know, just if you adjust it for how much the cap might go up, you might be thinking for somebody like Eichel, if it's similar situation at all to McKinnon, maybe he's a bigger star, maybe it's 8 or $9 million, and maybe... Reinhardt demands $7 million. Well, they're going to pay their players who are succeeding. And guess what? If you play with Jack Eichel, you'll probably succeed. The other circumstance is this. And the reality is Brandon Saad played along with Marion Hossa and Jonathan Taves. Had great numbers, won a Stanley Cup, and guess what? Dude got paid. It just wasn't by that team. They had to trade him, but he makes $6 million a year through 2021. So whether it's here or somewhere else, if you play with a player like Jack Eichel or even Ryan O'Reilly for that matter, the money is going to come. That would be my selling point, obviously, if I were the Sabres, because I think if you're Jimmy Vesey, you gotta be you got to be already looking ahead to that, right? That's one of the reasons why you initially didn't just go right to Nashville, who was offering you probably the same money you're going to get anywhere. And playing on a good team in the playoffs, you were going to get playing time probably on their top six in Nashville because they don't have great scores over there. So he would probably be right up there in playing time with just about anyone, Philip Forsberg in Nashville. But he's going to free agency and you look at the Sabres top six and what they can offer him. If he does get a spot, earn that spot in the top six, he's going to be playing with excellent players and playing next to those players only continues to up your value. By the time he reaches that second contract, he's already going to be 25. And that's when you want to hit that, you know, that payday, that first real big payday that you're going to get. So if you hit that payday, you want to be doing it early, and he's got to already be thinking about that. You know, the weird thing about this whole situation is, I mean, this morning we were just getting tweet after tweet of how like people are so concerned and scared about letting VC get to the 15th 
because they feel if he gets to the 15th, that means that there's no way he signs with the Sabres. And I, I just don't think those two things are mutually exclusive. Like, he can go and meet with other teams and make his decision that day. Like, he can decide on the 15th, hey, I met with the Bruins, I met with Toronto, and now I'm ready to make my decision because I met with those teams. I just, people are using this deadline as, like, an end-all, be-all. And, like, people need to, all of a sudden, the Sabres need to put, like, an ultimatum. If you don't sign by, you know, but and I just don't think there's any merit to doing that. Like, there's no, there's no good reason for Tim Murray to say, I can't wait around for you kid like I got a team to build and if you're not going to be on the bandwagon then we got to move on they're just in a, they're in a tight spot like they traded for his rights for this reason so they could talk to him and like me and Bray were talking about this morning it's like do you are, are you taking into account that you're not the last team that's going to get to talk to him is that why you're concerned but I just don't get the concern like the level of concern that getting to the 15th means the Sabres are just out well my thing with that though is are you happy entirely with the roster as is? Because if you're not, then a lot is swinging on Jimmy Vesey. If you're saying, we really need one more forward to compete, is it you, guy from Harvard? And if it's not, then how are we filling that spot? Because they signed Derek Grant and Cole Schneider, guys who have been in the AHL. Those are not guys that are going to fill into your top six. I mean, they haven't done anything with the forwards at the moment outside of the Kyle Oposo. And last year, what was the biggest problem on the team? It wasn't the guys who were in the top six. They all scored. It was the depth. So we need one more guy, and maybe that pushes somebody else down. Maybe that pushes an Ennis down to a third line, which, in my opinion, is kind of where he belongs. Or you might say even with the defense, hey, we need we need to fix maybe one defenseman spot here. How's the way to do that? Trading a forward like Girgensons or, or Ennis, guys that would have value on the market. Well, we can't do that if we're not going to get the guy who's a free agent. So it really does put a logjam on things. Now, there might be, I would imagine, Tim Murray would have conversations with other GMs. Hey, if we don't get this guy, keep us in mind here. Cam Fowler has to be traded because their team puts a self-imposed cap that's $10 million below the cap, and they're going to go over that with the, with the Ducks. So their ownership's not going to be happy with, with that when they have a valuable asset. Hasn't been traded yet. We still expect it to happen. The Sabres have been tied to him over and over and over again. It could be a deal where, hey, if we get him, that deal is going to happen. And if we don't, sorry. But it is putting things on hold. All right. Jimmy VZ, what are your guys' thoughts on him? You can call us at 803-0550-188-550-2550. Heading out to Ray and Clarence. Ray, you're on WGR. Hi. You know, I, I really hope we land the guy. I mean, I don't know anything about him other than hearing what I hear on the, on the radio. And I understand he's playing the system. That's the rule in place. He's unrestricted free agent, I guess, after four years. But I'll be honest with you, it, it really irks me that we have to kiss up to this 22-year-old kid that has not played in the NHL. We're all treating him, and I, and I would do it too if I were them. But, and he's playing the system that we got to kiss up to a guy that has not done anything in the NHL. we got to do what we have to do to sign this guy, which I really hope he he lives up to what his expectations are. I, I still think he should be a product of Nashville. And if he didn't want to play, then he sits out till the unrestricted free agent age of 26, 27. But oh. I got a feeling he already knows where he wants to go. Why? You know, we're not talking about like going to Edmonton or some Winnipeg, some frozen area. You know, he does, this is the second American city now that he hasn't signed with. I mean, I think 
I think he wants to go to Toronto where his dad is. I think he wants to go to Boston. I think he's just being fortunate, in my opinion. Well, I, I don't think that any of us, Ray, know anything about what he thinks. To, none of us have talked to him, and any media members who have talked to him, it's been just the hard line of, I'm not going to really tell you what I'm thinking just yet. So when you say, I think he wants this, I think he wants this, I think he wants this, I go, well, you better, you must be a good psychic because... I don't, I don't know any of that stuff, and uh, neither do the reporters that he's even talked to recently. My other, there's a few things in there that are problematic. What he did to Nashville is within the rules, and he gave up four years of potentially playing in the NHL. Now, okay, he wouldn't have made it as a third-round pick. Let's even say two years of potentially being in the NHL. He gave up playing in the playoffs with Nashville because he did not want to sign with that organization. So think about that. He has already been penalized for this decision. And in terms of what have you done? What have you done? What have you done? Well, you could say that about anyone. You could say that about uh, you could say that about any prospect, but we know that he has talent. Now, how much he has, how many goals he'll score, yeah, we don't know that yet. But I think we've got a pretty good idea that his talent is good enough to translate into the NHL. And here's how I know. Cuz a bunch of teams want him. I mean, the, the, these teams all have seen him play at Harvard and all say he's going to be X, Y, and Z. It's no different than if you watched a player play in the NHL last year and tried to project what he would do in Buffalo. So the way I look at it is I have no problem with what he decided to do. Other players have done it. They just probably haven't been as good as him. <laughs> they also haven't been here. And we just kind of have that mentality here in Buffalo that anybody who wants anything, anybody who wants money, we slam them, right? People who negotiate contracts. What is this guy thinking? What is he doing? Well, he's he's within the rules. He did nothing. He did absolutely nothing wrong and he just wants the situation that sets him up perfectly and teams think he's good enough to allow him to do that. What's wrong with that? He's doing what he thinks is best for himself and this all kind of ties in with the topic that we we intend intended to come in with, which is going into this season Jimmy Vesey, is that one of your fears for this upcoming season? Of that they some, won't get him. That they will not get Jimmy Vesey, and then it's going to mess up their whole pattern. Uh, there's other guys that will sign to other teams that maybe they had targeted. Uh, Brandon Pieri or Chris Versteeg, Yuri Hoodler, one of those guys. Is that one of your fears for the upcoming season? Or if it's for the Bills, what are your fears coming up for the Bills season? Is it about Tyrod Taylor, Rex Ryan, the coaching staff, the defense? Do you have a little bit of a hesitancy to think, well, I'm excited, I'm optimistic for both the Sabres and the Bills, but if this happens, if Tyrod gets injured, or if this happens, Rex, his defense doesn't take the next step that needs to come. Is that all fears that you're thinking of in the coming season? Sorry, a, t- a text. He's a draw because he's playing hard to get. Well, look, I'm sure that there are a lot of college players who – Play hard to get. He's a draw because he's good. I, I wonder if because he scored a ton. In I college. wonder if that guy knows that we're talking about a hockey player. It's not doesn't really work like the love game. That like doesn't work like it does in real life. I, he must have some. Well, look. I mean, I, I you could play hard to get if you are a drug dealer and criminal, yeah. right? I mean, like yeah, he's playing hard to get. Well, nobody wants him. So, in this case. <laughs> he, he's got the goods. It's not because he's like using like lust on the Sabers and like Tim Murray. If, like he's a good hockey player. That's why they want him. If Nashville was prepared to put him in their top six in the playoffs, I think that's all you really need to know about whether he's good or not. That's not. 
It, it really isn't part of the equation. Is he good? You don't have to pay him anything. I mean, you pay him an entry-level contract. It's not, we don't know if this guy's good and we're going to give him $50 million. You're not giving him anything. It's really just, I think it's just a reactionary mechanism that we have about being rejected, which I thought would have been really chipped into by Kyle Oposo signing here, but I guess it wasn't. 803-0550-188-552-550. Colin, with your thoughts about Jimmy Vesey and your fears for the upcoming Bills and Sabre season. We'll continue that conversation next. You're listening to Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. On the ice, I guess I you know, just try to play play the game honest, hard. You know, just want to win. You know, do whatever it takes. You know, off the ice, I just a bit of an introvert. Um like to have fun you know my family is obviously extremely important to me uh two kids and really enjoy spending time at home and uh relaxing that's kyle oposo the sabers big prized free agent he was introduced to the public and the media on thursday from first niagara center as we bring in our paul hamilton paul was no paul's not there yet all right never mind we're not bringing him in yet you got to keep an eye on your producer over there. I know. What am I doing? What right. am I doing? Yep, yep. Turn the chair. Oh, the now, chair. now we've got Paul. Paul. There you go. Kyle Poso was introduced to the media. We just heard him say, you know, on the ice, honest, hardworking, off the ice, kind of quiet, a little bit of an introvert. What just like you, Paul, actually. Yeah, what did you, what, how did you get a feeling of his personality from meeting Kyle the other day, Paul? Yeah, I don't think we're going to be talking about 3.30 in the morning incidents uh, with him or... <laughs> anything like that or getting suspended for putting your hands on women and all that kind of stuff so yeah he's he seems exactly the way he described himself i i think he did it perfectly i i don't know if i could have done it any better so uh, that the first impressions that's exactly what 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 you see is what you heard and kyle poso the newest saber today Fans will be able to get a look at some maybe future Sabres, the prospect game uh, going on at 1 p.m., $20 at Harbor Center for tickets if you're interested in checking it out. Also, at Sabres.com, they will have a live stream of the game. Rick Jenneret will be commentating the game. And, Paul, uh, with this scrimmage coming up, obviously you got Alex Nylander, the number one pick yesterday. He was dynamite in the shootout i was there on thursday saw him do a few moves in the stick handling drills where he flicked a puck over the net ran up caught up to it and really just putting on a a great display for the fans with his shot and his stick handling is he probably the number one prospect that fans are looking out for in this game i would think so yes uh he him cal peterson the goaltender from notre dame another one is will borgen who it was a fourth-round pick, but yet uh, wound up at the World Junior Tournament with Team USA last year um, and just started his first year in college hockey. So uh, he's somebody that's kind of come on to the radar. And a couple of guys that, like Eric Cornell, who really to me has not impressed much at all in his appearances in Buffalo, whether in training camp or in, in uh, these camps, but really had a very, very good season as captain of the Peterborough Peets this year and put up some very good numbers. So it'll be very interesting to see if maybe he's hit his stride and has shown some really good improvement from what he had been in the past. Uh, Some other second-round picks, Connor Hurley is here, who only has 10 goals in 77 games in two years at Notre Dame. Uh, He's a second-round pick. Karabachuk, who's been around 
another second-round pick uh, in the same draft as Cornell. And uh, he's shown spurts off and on. So some guys, uh, and of course you want, you don't want to forget the hometown guys, Austin Osmatsky and uh, Steve Racine, Racine in goal, and then uh, played at Michigan. And Osmanski, uh is a guy that, uh, you know, is a seventh-round pick. And you will probably see him get a hit, and you'll see, see it early. Uh, Paul, you wrote 987 words about Cal Peterson, so I guess you're impressed. <laughs> how did, did you count the words? Or how do you know? No, how I counted them one by one, just as you were talking. About. <laughs> just with my finger. No, there's a <laughs> wordcounter.net. I just copied and pasted it in there because I, I pulled up your article and I went, Hamilton never writes this much about anybody. So, Paul, you like Cal Peterson. Yeah, and the thing is, a lot of what he said was interesting. You know, just uh, how he goes about his business, how he approaches, why is he in college hockey instead of playing in junior? Why is it Notre Dame? What, what does Notre Dame mean to him? You know, uh, being that uh, that institution that many people love or many people hate, but, uh, you know, certainly a, a proud institution and, you know, what does all that mean to him? So he, he's a, a very well-grounded kid, I think. I've always liked him. He played every every game for Notre Dame last year, played all but 19 minutes, excelled, put up some good numbers. And when he's been here at camp, this is his fourth camp, I can recall one scrimmage he didn't play well in. Other than that, he is just – I mean, he's, he was stopping five on O's the other day and making some great saves. And um, just uh, – he's a guy that uh, I really think when uh, – in the next couple of years when it's all said and done, wouldn't shock me at all if he's the one standing in between the pipes. But the big question he wouldn't answer is what's he going to do after this year, his junior season? Is he going to play his senior season? Well, if, if the Sabres don't get him signed and he gets into that senior season, he can do the same thing that VC's doing and, you know, decide to, to become an unrestricted free agent. So if I'm the Sabres, I'm, I'd probably be trying to sign him now, but I, it didn't sound to me like he sounded very definite that he was going into his junior season. And he says, I'm just taking it one day at a time, you know, the cliche there. But uh, if I'm the Sabres, I, I do everything I can to get him signed after his junior year. That's Paul Hamilton. Paul, with this, with this this being his fourth development camp, have you seen that growth from year to year in Peterson? He's been extremely solid at Notre Dame, as you said, durable, playing most of the games over there. Have you seen it year to year as he has grown, as he become more comfortable around other prospects? Yeah, he's a little more outgoing. As he said, he he's helping them out, whereas in the beginning he needed the help. But he knows what to expect, so he's helping them out. He said it's really fun to come here and meet the guys you're playing against in college hockey and meet the guys who are playing junior hockey who you're never exposed to but maybe hear a little bit about. He, he said he, he likes getting to know these guys a little bit and just talking to them and you know, spending this time with them. He, he really enjoys that part of it off the ice where, where he gets to know the guys. And he just, uh, as I said, seems very intelligent. And one of the reasons he went to Notre Dame, you speak of intelligence, is uh, 
you know, he wants an education to fall back on if hockey doesn't work out. He, that's very important to him, and that's why one of the reasons why he chose uh, college hockey over junior hockey. Now, Paul, you, you mentioned Eric Cornell, and uh, maybe you have or haven't seen some progress from where he has been before, but you mentioned he hadn't been that impressive. What about some of the other guys that were fairly high draft picks, maybe not first-rounders, but Vaklov, Karabacek, Brendan Gooley, too. You had a chance to talk with him. I remember with Rasmus Ristolainen, there was a lot of progress for him from his first development camp. You know, he played pro, so that helps a lot to his second one. Uh, but now uh, some of these guys, I think Karabacek might be on his, his third one, and Brendan Gooley's on his second one. How about the progress of some of those guys that uh, might make an impact in, in even Rochester this year? Yeah, it's hard to tell with Karabacek. I'm looking forward to seeing him in a scrimmage-type situation. Um you know, in the penalty shot, you know he's got moves and he's slick and everything, but uh, he didn't really show them in the penalty shot thing. And I think that's one of the things he has to learn as I watched him at Traverse City, that he has to understand that they're watching everything he does, everything. And it, it, sometimes he just goes away a little bit. You know, he's just hanging out on the wing and not doing a whole lot and, it, almost like he loses interest for a second and then, you know, picks it up. So that, that's what I'm looking for. Is it a more consistent type effort? Is Are the motors going the whole time? Is he trying to show off or or, or is is are the moves uh, avenue to somewhere instead of an avenue to the corner and then a turnover and that type of thing? So, uh, and then with Gooley, even, la- you know, you could tell he was – I don't know if I want to say nervous because you didn't see it in his play, but he wasn't forceful or anything like that. But you could, uh, the way he played, he's obviously very confident in himself. Talking to him about Team Canada, he's not invited for Team Canada the World Junior. I was pretty well blown away by that, and he he wasn't surprised at all. He says, if by now in your career, you're not on Team Canada's radar, you're probably not going to get on it. He said it's one of those things where you have to get on their radar early and that type of thing. So he said he he wasn't he would love to play for Team Canada, but he wasn't surprised at all by it. It doesn't bother him as far as his career, and his goal is still to make the Buffalo Sabers this year. He you know he said you know he he almost made it last year, so why not this year? Why can't he go out and improve and be better? And, and do it this year. And, you know, you, you talked about Eric Cornell and, and Gooley. I think what you watched in Rochester at the end of last year is probably two different things when we're talking about those two players. Well, Gooley was impressive in Rochester, for sure. Even, I mean, teammates of his, uh, Matt Ellis was saying just the other day, he was on Hockey Hotline, that he was really impressed not only by his skating, Paul, which seems to stand out to everybody, but... His uh, coolness, you kind of alluded to it there, that even uh, if he was nervous about being here or whatever else, when he got out on the ice and was under pressure in certain situations that would be different for him in the AHL, he didn't seem to show it. That was one thing. I remember yet last year I was on Hockey Hotline while practice was going on. Um, I don't remember if it was camp. It doesn't really matter which where it was. but I need the date, Paul. <laughs> he... Uh, he made a play in the defensive zone that all, we both went, wow, because he looked like he was no chance to make a play. It looked like you know he was going to get either turn the puck over or because he had two guys on him, 
and he just so coolly and neatly made a play, turned and took off like somebody shot him out of a cannon, and then got up over the blue line through the neutral zone and put a pass right on somebody's stick. And it was like, did you see that speed? Did you see what he just did there where it looked like all was lost in the play and he made something out of that play? And he, he you've heard me talk about Mark Pesek this way, that one of the things that really impresses me most about Mark is Mark can look like he's totally beaten. And all of a sudden, at the last possible second, recover and make the play. And Mark even said to me once when we talked about it, he goes, you sure I don't plan it that way? You know, it was it was really kind of a funny moment with him. And Gooley's the same way. I saw that many times last year where it looked like he was out, done and out. And the next thing you know, he actually did make the play with his speed, be able to get back. And, Paul, just quickly before we go, what do you expect the turnout to be at Harbor Center today? It's $20. There is a live stream on the Internet. Do you expect to see a solid portion of fans to fill up Harbor Center today? Uh, I don't know. I... We've, I've talked a lot about that with people. There's no Eichel and there's no Reinhardt, but it's only 1,800 people you got to get in because sometimes you, we, they have these things over at Harbor Center, and they'll get four or 5,000 people, but it looks like we're playing in an empty arena because you're not really filling much of it. So I don't think the weather right now is helping them. I thought if it was going to be overcast and rainy that they would have a really good chance of filling it up. But um, I, I guess I would be surprised if 1,800 people show up. But uh, I, I'm not very good at predicting crowds and figuring that out. So we'll see. All right. Thanks a lot, Paul. Enjoy the scrimmage today. Okay. Take care, guys. All right. Paul Hamilton from Harbor Center. We'll have more on development camp coming up. Your thoughts on Jimmy VC coming up as well. If you want to give us a call, that phone number is 803-0550, You're listening to Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. And one of the things that I needed was strength and more practice time, and I think college you know, really you know, provided that opportunity. Me too. Me too is right. That's Cal Peterson. We were talking about him with Paul Hamilton. The Sabres development scrimmage today, the blue and white scrimmage going on at Harbor Center, 1 p.m., $20 tickets. If you want to go there, live stream on Sabres.com with Rick Jenneret commentating quickly. You got something over there? You look like you want to talk. Yeah, Cal Peterson was talking about, what, was he, what exactly did he say? Can you play that again? What did he, what did he say, that he gained weight in college? That what he I think it you know, presented the best development opportunity for me. Um, you know, goaltenders, I think, take more time to develop, and, and one of the things that I needed was strength and more practice time, and I think college you know, really you know, provided that opportunity. Oh, yeah. He's not okay? talking He's... about the freshman 15. That, well, that's what I was going to ask you. How much weight did you gain in high school? Did you have that? I mean, you're not – like, you're an in-shape-looking person. Yeah. So are, you, are you, you talking to me or him? Him. Oh, okay. Well, you t- – oh, thank you. Yes. Uh, put, yes. Put yourself in here. Yes. As, but uh, I, Well, both of you, though. Like, both of you are fairly in shape. And I think of myself as being two. And in shape, I don't mean that I could go beat uh, Dikembe Mutombo in basketball. I just well, mean no. – even if he's old, he would still beat me by a lot. I just wanted to say well, this is combo. But, like, I could play I could play pickup five-on-five basketball full court and not die. I consider that to be in pretty decent shape for being 30. Yeah, I agree with that. My This is how it happened for me. I, you know, finished high school. I, will, I didn't do a lot this summer after high school. I 
got laid off from my job early in the summer and I had my graduation party. So I had made a lot of money with that. So I didn't really feel the need to go out and get a job. (laughs) So I didn't really do much the summer of my senior year. So the freshman 15 came in that summer. I had already gained the freshman 15 by the time I went to college and then probably added another 20 pounds upon my arrival to college. I could see how a lot of people would have that happen. The like preemptive 15 because everyone has their graduation parties. Yeah. There's plenty of food, you know, I'm not going to say plenty of beer, but there's that too. Oh yes. I'm sure you avoided that. Well, unlike, especially you, Kyler, unlike you, I played a college sport uh, Unlike so, me as well. well <laughs> so me Inside playing the college jokes. sport, uh, I just had to be in shape, like really good shape for football, especially, you know, like two days in August. Well, but you got to be in shape for but, that. Well, I had the same thing, but I stopped uh, – when I stopped playing, It yeah. uh, that's where – I stopped running, right. but kept eating Wendy's. Yeah, and and it was it was it really I mean a, a problem. It was like I didn't even realize how much weight I was gaining, and then got to like twenty five, like, um, yeah, I'm gonna have to start jogging again. And so I've taken off like thirty five pounds just by running and trying to eat a little better. Uh, but you know, Cal Peterson, it's just funny when you hear someone like, oh well, I could be in better shape in college, like. Usually that's not the case, guy. Usually it's your worst shape when you're in college. Well, when you're an athlete, you got, especially a Notre Dame athlete, they've got great facilities and people watching over them. How I ended up getting back to, because I probably weigh 30 pounds less than I did at the end of my freshman year. And it's because the summer after my freshman year, I looked at myself and I'm like, wow, this needs to end. I didn't really change much, but I worked making animal electric fences out in North Collins, building fences, moving posts, hammering things on my feet all day and just shed the weight, got back to school. And I was like, yeah, never putting that weight back on. We're going to get out of here. Next segment, we want to talk about your earliest sports memory. Well, so what do you do now? You don't hammer fences or do you? I mean, I I don't hammer (laughs) fences. I just on the side. I don't, I don't jog or anything. I just try to get out every day. I try to eat. Not terribly. Just eat outdoors. Yeah, I just try to get outside, walk around, you know, just get my steps in, really. It's all it's all about the steps. You gotta get your steps in. All right, we're gonna get out of here. Your earliest sports memory. Is it watching football with your dad? Is it playing youth soccer and you scoring a game winning goal? There was a post on Deadspin that wanted you to share your earliest sports memories. We want you to share those with us. 803-0550-188-552-550. Share your earliest sports memories with us. We'll be back after the update. Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.